as a result of accepting the position to be the new pastor at First Baptist Church Georgetown, the pastor search committee sent a letter to the Southside Baptist Church family. And the letter that was sent was intended to convey the message to all of you that they are incredibly grateful for how you have loved our family. If there's one thing they have learned from Lindley and me and our kids is that our church family has loved us well. And they want you to know that your love for us has been seen by them as a significant part of the preparation for our family to fulfill God's call in our life. And the last line in the letter said, thank you is simply not enough. In other words, words cannot really capture what they feel. That could not any better capture the way I feel about this morning. Words simply fail to adequately express our family's gratitude, our family's joy, our family's sorrow, and our anticipation. Words do not suffice. And yet here I am, charged to give my final words to you as your pastor. And so I'm going to do my best to give you my final words. As I thought about that, I thought the easiest thing to do would just be to read the Bible because that's a good way to convey some really good final words. So let's look at Colossians 1.18. We're going to look at about six passages together that I think best explain and convey my words for you. Colossians 1.18 says that Jesus is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. I looked back at my very first sermon that I preached here 15 years ago as the pastor at Southside Baptist Church. I saw two things. One, I've come a long way, and thank God for that. (laughs) Two, I saw a couple sentences that I'd written out in that manuscript. One sentence was, where we are going is not where we're going because I want to go there. Where we're going is where we're going because God has already decided where we're going. What I really want, I continue to say, what I really want is for us to be a church who is globally minded, is truth declaring, is disciple making, and obedient For the glory of Jesus Christ. And when I think about who we have become. I am more convinced than ever. That Jesus Christ has been the head of this body of believers. And I just want to remind you this morning. That the greatest gift you can give. To any pastor. Particularly the person God is already aware of. That will be here. The greatest gift you can give him and his family is to be a church family who follows Jesus Christ as the head of the church. So, just keep being who you are and follow Jesus Christ. Look, he's he's still your head. All right, Isaiah chapter 25. 
Isaiah chapter 25, verse 1. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name. For you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. What we have just recently discovered, God has known and planned long ago. And the plan that we're walking through is a plan that is displaying the perfect faithfulness of God. So be encouraged by God's faithfulness. Every single time this circumstance brings thoughts and emotions and questions, may those all point To the faithfulness of God. Because the plans we're all walking through right now in our lives and as a church family are plans that are intended to display to us the perfect faithfulness of God. So that we would be a people that simply trust God whatever his plans might be. So be reminded that today is most about the perfect faithfulness God. All right, the next passage I want you to look at is Psalm 25. I'm sorry, Psalm 119. There we go. Now we got it. Psalm 119, verse 65. We're going to read three different verses in Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 65. You have dealt well. With your servant, O Lord, according to your word. You have dealt well with your servant according to your word. Now look at verse 67. Before I was afflicted. Wait a minute. I thought we just heard that God dealt well with the servant. And then the servant is saying, I was afflicted. Look at what he says in verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your Word. Look at verse 71. It is good for me that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes. What does that tell me? That God is still good even when we are hurting. And his goodness is experienced even through our pain. You know what that tells me? That every one of us is going to experience the healing hand of God on our hearts. Our hearts will be just fine. And it will be through some of the pain of this circumstance that we will grow and we will glorify God beyond what we could imagine Him doing in the midst of our pain. He's going to take care of us. And the pain we feel is evidence of His goodness. And we must not miss that picture. All right, Philippians chapter 3. Flip over to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. Paul says, More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. 
and count them rubbish so that I may gain Christ. If there's one thing I've learned through this experience of following the Lord, I have learned that if you're going to follow the Lord, you should cling loosely to the things of life. My family, my church family, my stuff, my house, my dreams, and my plans. You know, it's okay to cling to things. God made us so that we love the things He provides us and in turn love Him as the provider. It's not wrong to cling to things. That's not the problem. The problem happens when I decide to cling to things or to people or to places or to plans or to dreams more than I cling to Jesus Christ. And if I've learned anything through this experience is that clinging to Jesus Christ more tightly than I cling to anything else is the only way to follow Him where I am. And I just want to remind all of us as we see the Lord's hand that we should be a people who want to follow Jesus right where we are. Knowing that the best way to be ready to follow Jesus Christ to go anywhere even if the anywhere is right where we are, is to follow Him right where we are, clinging loosely to the things that might make us want to stay where we are. Cling loosely to the things of your life and cling tightly to Jesus Christ. That's how we'll all keep following Him. No matter what. Okay, the next passage is in 1 Timothy. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 15. Paul is writing... And he says, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. So Paul has written what we now know is Scripture. By implication, all of Scripture has been written so that we might read it and know how we are to conduct ourselves, the church, the family of God, who is the pillar and support of the truth. Please, I beg you, please hold fast to the word of God in your life and in this church family. Hold fast to the word of God. Stake your lives and this place on the bedrock of the Bible. 
Don't forget that this book is not simply a manual that gives you a way to live a pleasing life. No, this book is God speaking to you. This is God's revelation of Jesus Christ. You read this book and you understand this book by way of the Holy Spirit and God has spoken to you and you have heard Him speak and you can know Him and you can follow Him. Please be a people who holds fast the word of God. How will you ever be the pillar and the support of the truth you're supposed to be, you're called to be as a body of believers if you, if you vacate this book? Believe God's word and stake your life on it. If you're going to make any mistakes in this place from this day forward, they will no longer be my fault. But if you're going to make any mistakes from this day forward, make this one mistake. Trust the word of God too much. The last passage I want to share with you is in Titus. Chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope of the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous For good deeds. The reason I came to Southside 15 years ago was not because I was the most stellar candidate the pastor search team was investigating. In all likelihood, I was the least qualified and the most willing. The reason I came here 15 years ago is because of the grace of God. Everything that we've seen over these 15 years has been a display of the grace of God. What we're seeing right now in our lives as a church family is the grace of God. And the grace of God has appeared to instruct us to deny ungodliness. Everything about this experience is intended to sharpen us to be more Christ-like, not as an opportunity to display ungodliness. Everything about this is to bring out of us the Christ-likeness that would display the gospel. And so I want to challenge you to see the grace of God that is before you, that has been testified by history of God's faithful work in this place, and be instructed by the grace of God. So that you might be a people who understands Jesus is the head of the church. Who is now because of the grace of God poured out on you. Following the instruction of God's grace and becoming a people who is zealous for good deeds. For the glory of Christ to be revealed. So that you are now a people that are committed and surrendered to do the right thing. Because you see the grace of God and not be distracted by any of the wrong things. 
I believe with everything I am that Southside is intended to be a story that should characterize the church today. The church should not be a place where its leaders fall into sin and disgrace. The church ought to be a place where the leaders who are called by the Holy Spirit to go and do works in other places are sent by the church for the glory of God and the church continues to raise up leaders to send them out to the ends of the earth. This story ought to be the story of the church around the world and I want this church to be a part of finishing the story when I leave. But you won't be if you are not instructed by the grace of God. So don't miss the grace of God in this moment. Don't miss the grace of God. The last thing that I want to say to you is thank you. Thank you for loving our family. Thank you for sharing your lives with us. Thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. And thank you most of all for being willing to send us. That gives us great joy as a family that simply cannot be captured in words. And I'm praying that the display of our joy And your faithfulness will make much of Jesus Christ from this day into eternity.